0: I am yours, I am yours, I am yours and me, Lord. I am. Welcome Lord, to the Gospel send Center Pro Life podcast. This I is part Lord, 1 of a two-part episode about disunity Lord. on the sidewalk at the abortion center. This is a really important subject, so stay with us for this episode and for next week's episode. God bless. Send me Lord. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast. Guys, we appreciate you joining us. We appreciate you guys listening to these podcasts and uh, appreciate sharing these podcasts. Appreciate that you guys share these podcasts. And they're really designed and focused on encouraging people who are on the sidewalks at their abortion center. Mm -hmm. But the hope is that they'll reach people who are maybe doing ministry in a pregnancy center, people who are maybe praying about doing ministry on the sidewalk. Whatever context you're involved in speaking for those who can't speak for themselves, speaking for the preborn, we want to encourage you guys. But this podcast is going to be particularly focused on those who are on the sidewalk, and it's going to be talking about unity. Now, these principles apply, I would say, to any ministry that you're involved in. There's always the potential for disunity with people. Any
1: relationship, honestly. Oh, yeah. Not even ministry. Any human relationship, there's always the potential yeah. for disunity.
0: Well, I mean, I was just having a, a conference session with one of my sons last night mm. uh, about some disunity oh. within our family, a little, <laughs> little contention between him and his brother. Uh-huh. So disunity is a reality it that is. we all have to deal with. Uh-huh. But especially in ministry, and I would say in particular, ministry on the sidewalk at an abortion center, because like we say... The abortion issue is the devil's pride and joy. Right. And when we come against that, mm-hmm. the devil is going to try to do everything he can to divide and conquer and to distract us, to get us focused on other things rather than what's going on inside of that place. And so we've got to be real cautious. We've got to be real I mean, we should not be ignorant of Satan's devices. Right. We've got to be yeah. really cued into what the devil does yeah. in bringing disunity out there. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about disunity. We're, t- we're going to talk about how we can strive for unity out there. And you know, just to kind of set the stage, and many of you guys know, if you're at an abortion center, you guys are involved in ministry out there, and you see there's different groups, right? Mm-hmm. There's Catholic groups. There's Protestant groups. There's... Pro-abortion people, for sure. We're certainly not unified with them. But there can be different Protestant groups that are out there. Mm -hmm. And and there can be some contention. And listen, over the years, I've been doing this for like 15 years, I've seen a lot of contention. I've seen a Mm -hmm. lot of disunity. and I've seen a lot of things that don't honor the Lord as it pertains to ministry at an abortion center. So we're going to talk about that stuff Mm -hmm. and hopefully encourage you guys and uh, give you some of our experiences and some of the principles that the Lord has shown to us and so let's jump into it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and on, you're on a public sidewalk if, if you're in front of an abortion center. And so you can't just say, go home. You're not as good as we are. <laughs> yeah. We know that's always true. Yeah. But we still can't say it. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, we're kidding. So um, so our way of doing things we can't enforce right. with, with yeah. other groups that are out there. And I think it's one of the biggest issues that we have— heard from new missionaries. Yeah. There's all this division, there's all this disunity. And it never really promotes the goals of the mission. Yeah. Um or of the ministry. So it's definitely something worth talking about. Yeah. And figuring absolutely. out is there biblical help in um in how to deal with this issue. And fortunately there is. There is. There's in, a lot of biblical principles as in all things.
0: and there's some uh, one story in particular which you have here right, in yeah. this wonderful article Thank that you. you put together that you wrote, like you often do. Um, and you guys know the story of Paul and Barnabas right, and yeah. how things went there.
1: Yeah, probably one of the most famous examples biblically of of disunity between two godly men. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So let's jump into that story. Again, okay. we kind of set the the stage for you guys and kind of just what we're talking about in particular, we're talking about um, different pro-life groups. And let's talk in particular about groups who are maybe theologically aligned with one another, because mm-hmm. there is, again, there's Catholic groups out there, mm-hmm. and uh, there's obviously theological differences between us and the Catholic groups, but... There's groups that are of the same theological stripe, Mm -hmm. so to speak, or at least you know evangelical or gospel centered, and yet there can still be some contention. That certainly was the case with with Paul and Barnabas, right? They were proclaimers of the gospel of Jesus, yeah. And uh, and yet there was some contention there. Yeah. Um, I know, just like as far as you know, you got the the Armenian and the Calvinist, there can be some contention there, and people. I've seen people, and listen, I've I've fallen. Pray to this myself and arguing theology out there on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. So I'll just say right away one of the principles is keep the main thing the main thing. Right. Right. Yeah, be focused. Good main on, issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Be focused on, on yeah. why you're out there, on mm-hmm. what's actually happening in front of you. Yeah. We can listen. I'm a theology geek. I love talking theology. Um, I'm pretty well versed in mm-hmm. you know, theology, I guess, to some degree. But um, there's a time and a place for it. Yeah, And out there on the sidewalk where they're murdering babies inside of that building, to me, is not the time and the place for it. So I just wanted to put that right out there. But let's jump into this story, if we can, real
1: quick. With Paul and Barnabas. Barnabas. I think it would be good. And then at at the end of the article and at the end of our podcast, we're kind of going to discuss what the takeaway from that article uh, or from that, that passage of Scripture But I think it's a really good passage for us to begin because it really sets the stage for what disunity can look like.
0: Yeah, 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 I agree. And so this is uh, Acts chapter 15 Mm -hmm. and starting in verse 36. And I've got the New King James Bible here. It says, Then after some days, uh, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us now go back to visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. So he's... He's telling Barnabas, hey, man, let's go back and check on those people that, that got saved and those churches that were established. A worthy and, uh,
1: and noble goal. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Okay.
0: Um, now, Barnabas was determined to take with him John John called Mark. So this is the guy apparently that wrote the Gospel of Mark, actually. <laughs> uh, but Paul insisted that they should not take with him the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia. And uh, had not gone with them to the work. So he's like, we shouldn't take this guy with us.
1: He had deserted them once,
0: He let right? them, yeah, yeah. He had
1: let them down.
0: Yeah. And so Paul was like, man, I don't want this guy with us because he, he deserted us last time. He might do it again. Again, so, a valid yeah, concern. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Okay. And then the contention became so sharp, so there's contention there, mm-hmm. that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas. And departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cecilia, uh, strengthening the churches. So okay. there was some contention. Okay. There and some there's, separation there.
1: And, and even, yeah, division, they went their separate ways. And, and my uh, version says there arose such a sharp disagreement. I think yours was a different word. But, but, um, so there there was certainly discord, contention yeah. between yeah. these two godly men yeah. with, um, with one purpose— their, their purpose was that the gospel would go forth, right? Absolutely. But they had very they had sharp disagreement about what yeah. should Yeah, I mean, the, these happen. were not
0: two men that were stuck on kind of building their own kingdom. Right. You know, they were building the kingdom of God. Yeah, yeah. And yet there was still some contention there. And so yeah. both of these men, I would say, without a doubt, had pure motives. Yeah. They wanted to do the right thing. They wanted to bring glory to the name of Jesus. Right. But there was some contention Uh, especially over Mark and allowing Mark, John Mark, to be a part of of the party there. Um, And so these guys part ways. And like I said, in in this version, in verse 39, it says, then the contention became so sharp. So there was, you know, the the Bible kind of highlights this sharp contention. This is not just a lighthearted little bit of a a tussle or whatever like that. This was a sharp contention
1: that they had. And we're not going to yet go into what happened as yeah. a result of that contention. We're gonna save that for the end. But there's cause there are so many valuable lessons in that. But the first thing I think is just to take heart, if you are facing contention on the sidewalk, I think we all shrink away from that and say we gotta solve it. We gotta get rid of it. Yeah. And maybe there is a reason for it being there. And and that's I think what we want to do is kind of delve into the sources and uh the issues around that contention yeah. that maybe can help us to b- be better ministry out yeah. there. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, as in all cases, it is always best, um, kind of, to identify your terms. So identify yeah. the first thing when when you're facing contention, is to identify the main factors that are causing this disunity. Yeah and that's important i think often our first response is i'm right and they're wrong right and that's I mean, that's, that's, that's why, why sh- <laughs> yeah
0: there's contention because they're in the wrong
1: that's right <laughs> and it seems like
0: paul may have been taking that that uh, perspective
1: it does. it does and so we're going to we're going to first of all point out I came up with seven that mm-hmm. I have personally seen that I believe are the causes of contention. Yeah. And the first one is territorial tendencies. Yes, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean by that?
0: I, I know exactly what you mean okay. by that. And, yeah. you know, even myself experienced that because I've been out here at the La Trobe Abortion Center myself for 15 years. Yeah. And it's so I your sideways. Like, exactly. I mean, I feel like that sometimes. Right. When somebody new comes along, um, I'm kind of territorial, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. And not because it's my ministry or the sidewalk belongs to me or anything like that, but because I've seen some people come along and, and create problems. Yeah. And so I understand that territorial tendency. However, I have to remind myself that it is a public sidewalk. Right. It doesn't belong to me. Right. And I, one thing that I, I've shared with you that I thought was a, a pretty cool phrase that the Lord dropped into my heart is don't try to control things of which you have no control or you'll find yourself responsible for things of which you're not responsible. Right. So if I try to control that sidewalk, right. and I have really no control as much as I want to pretend I have mm-hmm. control over that sidewalk, I really have no control because it is a public sidewalk. Yeah. But if I start trying to manage people that are not under my charge, I'm not talking about people who are volunteers of Love Life or anything like yeah. that, because I certainly do have at least some authority over that but people just come along if I try to manage that I'll find myself just trying to herd cats or something yeah. and I'll find myself responsible cuz if I'm managing people or trying to oversee people that I'm not in charge of right. and they start doing things that are just completely off the rails then I've got to give an account for that yeah. right
1: and kind of on the flip side this has happened to me before where I am territorial it's like okay Well, I know what we do is effective, and so you people get in line and listen, and I have been humbled by them doing something so well and so right that, that, you know, you see a baby saved, and so that territorial— nature can work against you in in dampening the spirit of people who really are called by God yeah, to absolutely. be there. Yeah. So that's, first of all, can identify and be aware, are you being territorial? Or maybe is are you the new person? And it's the group that you're coming alongside being territorial. It's just good first as, as yeah. a basis to, to understand uh, if that's the case. Okay, the second one. And insistence that one approach is superior. Yeah. None of us do that.
0: Well, (laughs) I do feel like we've done podcasts about not not bragging, but just honoring what the Lord has done. Mm -hmm. We've learned a lot. We've learned what is effective. We've learned some pretty effective and well-balanced methods to reaching abortion-minded moms at an abortion center. I think we have a very good balance of grace and truth. We don't compromise the gospel, but we're not just out there just yelling at people and calling them murderers or whatever, although we don't back away from saying that abortion is murder. We right. certainly are more right. than willing to say that. Yeah. Um, but I think we have a good balance. And, mm-hmm. and I think, like you said here, uh, I think personally that our approach is superior. <laughs> but again, I have to remember that's from my perspective, right? Right. Yeah. If I would think that, that only my approach is superior, only my approach is effective, then i'd really get into a, an area of pride and that's something i have to let the lord keep me save me from really yeah. is getting yeah. into pride because god can use all kinds of people there's no like perfect method and now i will qualify that to say that god's method the biblical method mm-hmm. is the best right and so we need to get the methods that we employ
1: mm-hmm.
0: from the scriptures but even from the scriptures there's different methods different perspectives to come from Right, um, I will say though, it, it all needs to be centered in the gospel,
1: yeah, it does, and the the other thing though, if there's this an insistence that your approach is superior, that's very off-putting yeah to to yeah. other groups. It instantly puts someone's hackles up if they're sensing in in any of us pride as opposed to a true desire to to just have a unified goal in, yeah. in reaching the the unborn so uh so the third one. And very important. Uh, do you have differing goals out there? Yeah. And so the the one thing I thought of right away was the evangelistic approach versus the prophetic approach. Both godly groups that maybe are theologically in the same place, but their goal out there is different. Right. Yeah. So can you kind of explain? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, and that's I guess I kind of laid that out in times past yeah. in some of our trainings, right. just thinking this thing through. And just from my observation, I see really two different ministries that take place at an abortion center. I see the prophetic ministry, which mm-hmm. is just the way I say it is we're called to deliver God's mail, right? We're called yeah. to deliver the truth. Yeah, The prophetic kind of angle just delivers the mail, puts it on your doorstep, could care less whether or not you open it. And that's valid. That's delivering the mail. It's bringing the truth, bringing the reality that abortion is murder, Mm -hmm. that God loves these babies, that he has a good plan for these children. But the prophet just kind of delivers the mail. Yeah. Whereas the evangelist, I look at Philip the evangelist and was it Acts chapter eight where he meets the Ethiopian eunuch, you know, Mm -hmm. that story. Mm -hmm. And uh, he perceives that this guy's reading from Isaiah and he walks alongside. And so like the mail's delivered, and he's actually walking alongside and trying to help this man open the mail. So it's like and the read evangelist it properly. <laughs> yeah, and read it properly and understand what's being right. said. Yeah, yeah, And so that's kind of the role um, of a sidewalk counselor. Yeah. Now I don't say that to like invalidate either ministry. I, I don't, maybe, maybe I do have more of a tendency toward the prophetic ministry toward the in your face and just, um, just coming at it, and who cares whether, you, whether or That's not you your deliver the mail? That could be my natural saying. tendency. Right. Yeah. But personally, what I've seen and what I believe to be the most effective is the evangelistic type of ministry where I'm actually trying to take time, get a mom to come over and talk to me, do a one on one conversation mm-hmm. with her or with a dad, and really open the mail and see what God's yeah. plan is for her and yeah. for her baby. But again, I'm not invalidating the prophetic ministry. I've seen it be very effective. I've seen mm-hmm. babies save, I mean, probably hundreds. Uh, Maybe thousands of babies that have been saved Mm -hmm. because there's somebody on the sidewalk with that prophetic angle that's just preaching the gospel, just preaching the truth about what abortion is and what it does, and God's love for these moms and for their babies. And I've seen babies saved from that. So I don't invalidate either ones. But I, I do think that we need to understand that there are different modes and types of ministry Mm -hmm. that are biblically valid that take place in front Mm -hmm. of an abortion center and
1: so finding out truly i think asking questions of that other group what are your goals be very direct what are your goals out here because you probably will hear the prophetic uh voice give a different goal than the evangelistic voice yeah so um I think it's really important to delineate what the goals are of different groups that are out there. All right, here's here's one that really is an issue of... It has to be dealt with, yeah. Um, and that's faulty or differing theology. Now, differing theology, of course, we would not be out there proclaiming the theology we proclaim unless we believed it was true, yeah. And so, if someone comes with a different theology, that would be of concern for yeah, us. Absolutely. But even of greater concern would be if you hear just outright faulty or twisting of of truth, yeah.
0: Yeah, and you know, personally, I said I was gonna share some some personal experiences. There there is a time to divide or disunify in one sense. I still do think though, like we're I'm not a Catholic.
1: Mm-hmm. I have
0: some some deep problems with Catholic theology,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I still am not gonna stand on the sidewalk in front of the abortion center and argue with the Catholics mm-hmm. because it's not a good look. Mm-hmm. If we're trying to convey to a mother that we have help available to help calm the chaos and confusion in her life, and yet we're on the sidewalk putting forth an air of chaos and confusion, it's not helpful. Right Now, I have had conversations with uh, with Catholics on the sidewalk about theology and all that, but I always make sure they're, they're I'm not getting in some contentious argument. I have good relationship with them. I, I certainly can respect the catholic church's commitment to be out there on the sidewalk yep. to be faithful out there i mean yep. the, in the reality the catholic church has put the evangelical church or protestant church to shame yes. as far as the issue of mm-hmm. abortion and dealing with that issue mm-hmm. so that's 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 one thing so um, but even even maybe even a step further than that because we're not necessarily unified with the catholics in the sense that we're in the same ministry or whatever there can still be a sense of unity where there's not contention but there has come a point. I don't know. At one point, we had a uh, a group, a family of Mormons that came out on the yeah. sidewalk. Okay. And if you know anything about Mormon theology, it it is abhorrent. It mm-hmm. is um, ridiculously abhorrent, <laughs> and not in line with the Scripture at all, mm-hmm. from beginning to end. Right. And there did come a point where I had to be contentious, and I had to tell mm-hmm. them, "Listen, you're you're not welcome to come out here." And try to have any air of connection with us. Right. Because I don't want to put forth any kind of approval of that that false theology and some of the things that can be conveyed to that. Yeah. But even in that situation, I didn't do it loudly and obnoxiously. I addressed it in a one on one sort of scenario. And right. so, like you said, the theological issues they need to be addressed. Yeah. But there's a gracious way to address them yeah. so that we're not putting forth an air of disunity. Um, Because the reality is, from the view of a mom going into an abortion center, and she looks out on that sidewalk, she sees Mm -hmm. one group. She doesn't see two, three different groups. She doesn't see Protestants and Catholics and this group and that group. She sees us all as one group. Right. And even though it's not true, we have to understand from that perspective, and we have to act based on what's what's being put forth right And, and
1: that certainly can work against us for example our approach i would call gentle yeah um and truthful but but gentle and we have other groups that have come out that are much more aggressive and uh we don't really want to be lumped in with them because we feel it it keeps people from coming and talking to us so uh, it's. I'm not saying this is not a difficult issue to deal with. It is, but I think the first step in dealing with it is figure out. So what's the cause of that disunity? And if it's faulty or differing theology, that's a big. It can become a major issue, and it's good to understand that that's what's causing the division out there. Okay, here's one: of the differing motivations. Okay. And I listed as some specifics just off the top of my head of different motivations for why people are out there. Some people are out there because they are in a pro-life ministry and they need a good story for fundraising. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, yeah. we've seen that, so oh, we yeah. know that that happens. Some are out there because uh, they know that those people are lost and their primary motivation is save those souls, yeah. bring Jesus Christ and the message of salvation yeah. to them. Some are out there because they really do Their primary motivation is there are babies that are dying by the dozens or more every day, and we are called to do something about that. So they're out there to to deal with that. Some are out there that are truly seeking favor with God. They're out there because they think if they do this good work, they're earning their way to heaven. Some are out there out of guilt with past abortions or whatever. So the motivation that brings people out there can sometimes cause division, because their methods are sometimes at odds, but if their motivation is one that is suspect, that can immediately cause division.
0: Yeah. 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 I've seen people over the years who come out because maybe they've had an abortion in their past, and they want to save the women that are going into the abortion center from the the destruction that was wrought in their life. And I understand that. Right. Right but they might come and this is what I've seen a lot of times people that are motivated by that they will come in kind of an angle where these poor innocent women are victims of their circumstances yeah. and I need to come and save them and I know how because I've been there and done that right and it's really if you boil it boil it down it's it's a selfish motivation yeah we always say our primary motivation must be a love for God now should we love people and should we want to save them from the destruction Uh, that we've been involved in. Absolutely. But that desire should flow out of a love for God first, because if it's a love for people first and want to rescue these poor, innocent people, I mean, one of the things is you're going to find out real quick, these women are not poor, innocent victims of circumstances. We did a whole podcast about that some months ago. Yeah. Um, the, you can many become of these,
1: very disillusioned and disheartened yeah. if, if you think that they're just wounded victims and you just need to just provide the right Band-Aid, yeah, and then yeah. you can make them well. All they uh. need is is you
0: to come and <laughs> yeah. rescue and save them. Right, the fact right. is that <laughs> these women, for many of them, are not victims, but victimizers of their yeah. children. Now, certainly, like our podcast said about victims, there are some that come that are victims, and ultimately all of us are victims of believing the lies of the devil and right. of our own sin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I say that to say that if our motivation is we're going to come and we're going to save the world through our awesome approach or whatever— it's just a wrong motivation. We've yeah. got to be motivated by love for God first. And so right. differing motivations can cause conflict. Yeah. Now we're not saying, and we're not going to solve all of this in this podcast. And we're not saying we have the solutions for all of the these things, even though we're, we are going to be talking about solutions. solutions. Yeah. Um, but we need to be aware of these things yeah. so that we can bring these things before the Lord as those who are going to try to minister effectively out there. We want to be aware of what are some of the, the issues of contention, some of the things that can bring disunity out there. Yeah. And, Wrong motives can be that. And we have to judge the motives of our own heart, right? Mm-hmm. The Bible says if we judge ourselves, we'll not be judged of God. The first finger need to be, needs to be pointed at us. Right. Make sure our motive is pure. Yeah. Then we're out, out there out of a love for God first. Yeah. And then out of that flows a love for our neighbor. And we kind of lay out a progression, not that some people are more valuable than others, but the way we think of it is, okay, we're out there for God first, mm-hmm. then the babies and then the moms and then the dads and then the workers. And so we have this kind of, progression in our mind. It helps us to keep our focus where it needs to be.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. So definitely when you're examining motivation check your own motivation first. Yeah. That's really valuable yeah. because you, you can't expose your own motivation being off. Yeah. If it's off, you need to correct yourself first yeah. before you try and co- correct everybody else's yeah. motivation. So.
0: We've been accused of kind of the, the, the latter point that you made here, yeah. that we're out there to seek favor with God. We're out there to right. yeah. you know, whatever, earn points with God or whatever. Because we're such good Christians Yeah, we it. Or we want to try to make ourselves better Christian or right. whatever, right. you know, get, yeah. get more points with God, brownie points or whatever yeah and that's just not true yeah I already have favor with God mm-hmm. like I, I'm already in. I don't have to get in mm-hmm. to Christ. I'm already in right mm. I'm out there serving I love him and show my love for him through the works that I do. Because he first loved me. And it's an outflow. And that should be our motive. Our motive to be a pure motive in the sight of God should be one of, I love him because he first loved me. And I'm out here just to display his love, the love that he's shown to me, to these moms, to these babies. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Pride or lack of love for others. Because Christ loves us goes right into what what you were were just saying that um, Christ loved us first. And uh, if we're out there because we think we're so wonderful, which pride, arrogance, well, that's not reflecting what Christ would have us do. Yeah. Um, but if if lack of love for others as Christ has loved us can make us look at others that are out there as lesser beings— and that can be very. That can create disunity. If 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 we start name calling other groups or start um, labeling other groups as just worse yeah. in any way, that can cause disunity because yeah. they're going to perceive that. Yeah. they're going to know that that's how we feel about them. Yeah, whether we outright say it or not. So um, so be careful to check our own. Pride, yeah, and absolutely. are we loving others out there as Christ loves them? That's that's I think a, a critical point. Is there anything you want to add with that? No, no, okay. that's a good point. Um, the the next one I think is one of the most important. Okay, because I think it's it's one of the hardest sometimes to truly discern: is it truly disunity, or is it diversity of spiritual calling and gifts? Yeah. And I think we'll we'll go back later to that Paul and Barnabas um, passage, because I think that might be an example of not true disunity, but diversity. Yeah, and diversity is good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Critical. Yeah, and it, it kind of harkens back to that whole idea that there are two kinds of ministries that take place, mm-hmm. and we don't want to think just because our ministry is is what we're involved in that anything else is invalid. We we have to understand there are diverse gifts in the body of Christ, right. and we even see that within our sidewalk counselors. I mean, we we train them right. We've trained them. We've trained them all that have come through, mm-hmm. but there's some that are more gifted, and they've taken certain areas of the training and applied it more than than others have. And right. so, for example, you might have people in their diversity that are more likely to to be effective in calling out to the moms going in and others who are more likely to be effective in a one-on-one conversation. And that's just a little picture of diversity. We had
1: one of our more shy, quiet, very reserved sidewalk counselors, brand new. She's only been out there, I think, three times. I believe she gave out between 10 to 20 pieces of literature yesterday. I mean, that's unheard of. And so that's an example of someone who unexpectedly has this gift that is— Amazing yeah. and, and different from most of, most of us out there. Yeah. So, um, so right. Very important. Is it truly dis- disunity or is it diversity right. of, of calling and gifts? Okay. So once you've identified the main factors that might cause disunity, secondly, you want to identify the effects of disunity Okay. And what I what I mean by that is if if you have groups that are out on a sidewalk day after day, and you know they've they've got zeal, passion, commitment, and and so are they um, are they aware of maybe how the disunity that maybe they are partially responsible for causing are they aware that that has a negative impact? And if those negative impacts could be delineated, might that, in and of itself, help to remove some of that apparent and and or maybe most the most egregious uh, disunity? So, number one, one of the effects of disunity we see it all the time. Abortion-minded women will not listen or approach in the face of the chaos and the mixed messages. Yeah. You? And that's, I mean,
0: <laughs> seriously, and that's kind of the point I was making earlier that yeah. they've got chaos going on in their lives. Mm-hmm. If we've got it on the sidewalk, we've got nothing to offer them, right? So that's why we need to examine the the ministry that we're involved in. Make sure we try to minimize just unity as much as possible. That we're not a part of the problem, right. but we want to be a part of the solution. Hopefully, what we're doing in this podcast will help you guys with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, secondly, wi- abortion-minded women do not—you mentioned this earlier—do not differentiate the groups, but identify all those supporting life as a monolithic group, one yeah. group. And they will brand us, usually, with the least flattering aspect yeah. of that pro-life group. Oh, yeah, group. absolutely. The, and that becomes the mantra of the whole pro-choice group, then, is we're all the nasty lowest common denominator, yeah. really. yeah. Instead of looking at the positive yeah. of the group Th- that's a very bad effect yeah it of, is of disunity they they're looking at us and they just see a sidewalk of pro-life people they don't they don't see the different groups, yeah fewer interactions. have you yeah. noticed that Oh when, yeah, when there's chaos and disunity
0: yeah, I mean this, again that same dynamic that they see chaos, they've got chaos. What do we have to offer them but, right. th- but chaos? Right. And that's why we must strive for unity as much as we can. We're not yeah. pretending that that unity is always going to be achieved and that disunity is going to be squashed by just applying some of the principles of the right. Bible. It's, it's right. a constant uh, battle that we need to have. Mm-hmm. But there's a good reason that we need to strive for unity is because ultimately, I, beyond just having more interactions... We want to see Jesus glorified. That's the right. ultimate goal, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, fewer babies saved. Yeah. If, if you've got that, that's, if you have fewer interactions, in all likelihood, you're going to probably see fewer fewer babies saved. Yeah. Justification in the pro-choice caricature of pro-life people. Yeah. That they, they feel justified then in saying all the awful things about us because they see it in one person maybe out there. Yeah. And that's used to brand all of us. So uh, the misery and loss of willing volunteers. Yeah, Disunity is hard on it the is. soul. You're out there doing your best, and right next to you is someone who you know is ruining all the good you're doing. That can be very wearying because it's such a hard... You're fighting a battle already. There's already the spiritual battle with the the women and the demonic forces. And then to be battling your... Your own supposed supporter yeah. right next to you is, is really difficult. To and be discouraging. Some people for will sure. give up. Yeah. Some people will leave because of that. Churches, we all need church support out there. Yeah. And does the church want to come out and support? If they come out and view us, they come out and watch, and all they see is bickering, and two disparate groups vying. For that woman's attention, and some in ways that are really not at all biblical or or are not honoring to God, are we going to get church support?
0: Yeah, well, we, I think we know the answer to that is is no. Right. So, yeah. um, church support is is very important. Not, and we're not talking about financial support. Right. We're talking about the backing of pastors because we want more volunteers out there, right? Mm-hmm. Well, those volunteers are typically going to come from local churches. I mean, for us, we only allow people to volunteer if they're a part of a local church, because right. that itself shows someone who's willing to be in unity with others. Yeah, uh, Proverbs 18.1 speaks of this very thing. It says, a man that isolates himself, rages against sound judgment, and seeks his own. Mm. And so people need to be a part of a local church. Yeah. We want volunteers that come from local churches. When pastors come out and, and observe just complete chaos and disunity... And, and listen, chaos is a direct result of disunity yes. out there on the sidewalk yeah. and in most other mm-hmm. areas of life and, mm-hmm. and ministry. Um, we're not going to get these pastors on board. I mean, ultimately, what we want is the church to rise up in these cities to see yeah. really not just sidewalk missionaries, but churches activated and coming out and praying and offering them their resources. Um, and what we say is we want these women to stop running to the abortion clinic and start running to the local church. That's how it should be, but we can't get a pastor's heart and get him engaged in engaging his con- con- a congregation out there if there's disunity on the
1: sidewalk. It's really difficult. And what the news people are gonna show when they come with their cameras oh, yeah. and via, you know and their recordings, uh, if there's a. a lack of unity on the sidewalk they're going to go to that yeah. they're going to be showcasing that and that becomes then the public which is the last point of decreased public support that becomes the image that is presented to the public yeah because the news people are out there we see them all the time right oh yeah and they will pick up on the kind of the most colorful Thing that they see out there, and oftentimes that's some point of contention, or someone that is a caricature of of what a pro life ministry should be. Yeah. So, so those are kind of the negative effects, and I think sometimes if they're pointed out, that can help. That yeah, can help absolutely. help groups that are truly truly their goal is for the right purpose and the right motivation, if they know that the disunity that, that they are a part of is is making it less likely that they're going to meet their important goals, then maybe they will decide to drop that disunity, that those disagreements, and and try to reach a more unified approach. Yeah. Does the Bible talk about unity? Yeah, absolutely. Guess what? It does. It does. It All does. through the Scripture, we see it, it talking about we, unity. It does. And we picked out four. There's plenty more, but uh, the first one is Ephesians 4. Okay. Verses one through six. Yeah. So you want me to read that? That's a good one. Yeah.
0: Cool. Ephesians four. All right. Verses
1: one through six. All right.
0: Therefore, uh, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you are called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is above all and through you all and in you all. Amen. We actually remember, uh, memorized that scripture as a family a good one. <laughs> because of the um, the disunity, disunity <laughs> the potential for disunity. I mean, wherever you put a group of human beings, you're going to have potential disunity. And so we memorized um, the, uh, the part of in verse three, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And notice yeah. the word endeavoring.
1: Endeavoring that is working not easy. Working towards It's working really towards working. It. Mine says eager. My, I, yeah. I, I actually don't know which translation I use, but it, but eager to maintain the unity of the spirit. Again, there's this intentional eagerness yeah. to promote unity and and the bond of peace. So these are worthy callings that God has has called us to, one body. All right. The next one uh, is John 17, verse 21.
0: Yeah. This verse actually is a verse that we use within Love Life as one of our motivations of getting churches involved. And and ultimately what we'll say is unity is evangelism. Mm -hmm. And this is where Jesus talks about that they might be one as you and I are one, So that the world will believe that you sent me. So we want the world to believe. We want people to embrace that Jesus is the Messiah, that he's the Lord, right? And that they need to put their trust in him. And part of that um, unity or part of the motivation of unity is so that the world will believe. Like if they see a divided church, and that's one of the things that you, if you talk to godless people, you talk to atheists, one of the things they'll point to is that uh, Christians argue all the time about Certain points of doctrine and all of that, and I do or think, the
1: music or whatever, and yeah, they're right. Yeah. Sometimes they're right. Yeah,
0: yeah, and you know there are reasons to um, I want to say argue, but have conversations about theology. We certainly should. Theology mm-hmm. is important. Like I said, I'm a theology geek and I study theology, and it's important. But our our peripheral issues that we have denominations and things over should not divide us in such a way that we can't really unify around something that is so close to the heart of God, like the killing of the unborn. Right. It, it really should not be that we're disunified in that way. As a matter of fact, one of the things that I think is really awesome that we've seen here in Charlotte is we've seen 170-plus churches rally here at the abortion center, and uh, we're talking... Presbyterians, we're talking Methodists, Baptists, Pentecostals, non-denominational, and anything in between. Right. and these pastors standing next to a pastor that they yeah. never, never otherwise would have be fellowshipping with, yeah. but really are unified around that which is very close to the heart of God, which is the innocent these these babies that are that are killed. And so, um, unity in that scripture is evangelism. It's showing forth mm-hmm. the glory of Jesus, and that's yeah. why we should endeavor or strive. To maintain unity, as the Bible
1: says. Yeah, so it's a a great rallying cry for for the love life churches and and members and missionaries. So how about this one? Um, 1 Corinthians 1, verses 10 to 12.
0: Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind with the same judgment, For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's house, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say that each of you uh, says, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas, I'm of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I baptized them in my own name, and he goes on to talk about um, he baptized a few, but the point is that. I'm not the one that saved you. Yeah. And Paul's saying, listen, you guys are saved by Jesus. Why are you divided? And, you know, we do have these divisions in denominations because of different theological points. Um, We're not pretending to solve that in this podcast. Uh, Those have to be acknowledged. But there is a point in which we need to strive for unity even in spite of those differences that we hold.
1: That's what he says, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. And that's in the root issues of of the truth of the gospel. Be united. And so, again, that, that message that unity is very critical if we are going to promote jesus yeah if we're going to promote the truth of who jesus is in the gospel yeah okay and the last one that i have here is ecclesiastes four twelve, okay. and i have that right here do you want yeah. me to read it and though a man might prevail against one who is alone two will withstand him a threefold cord is not quickly broken so that's the positive truth of when there are three united yeah. Yeah. even two where two or more are yeah. gathered in Absolutely. my name there yeah. am i among them so unity is powerful yes, and, and obviously biblical. So does the Bible guide us in addressing disunity? And it does. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Gospel Center Pro-Life Podcast this week. This is actually going to be a two-part episode. This is part one, and we'll take up next week with part two. So stay tuned. gratitude I know it will cost me my life but nothing's too precious since I met you